or one. Well, I'm glad you're here today. This rainy, soggy day. I know not everyone feels comfortable driving in the rain. I didn't even feel comfortable walking in the rain. So uh, I understand that. And so if you're not here, hopefully you're watching online. But for those of you who are here, glad you're here and, and uh, we're able to make it here safely. Well, the good news is uh, my four-year-old son is potty trained. That's the good news. Yeah, you can clap. The bad news is he doesn't like it. The bad news is he doesn't want to be potty trained, although he's very capable, and he is if he wants to. He doesn't need a diaper. He doesn't need a pull-up. During the day, he's perfectly fine uh, being potty trained, but he doesn't want to be. He prefers not to be. He will tell us that. He prefers his old way of life, not his new way of life. Uh, we, we know that he can hold it because he'll hold it in the car, but at home, he gets lazy. He knows his parents will rescue him from any unfortunate outcome that he has of not going to the potty. But he also knows that there will be some type of consequence from his bad decision. Yet he still makes those bad decisions. You know, life is filled of decisions, and many of them are bad. And we would probably all agree with this list of bad decisions. Driving drunk is a bad decision. Jumping into a body of water without knowing how deep it is, is a bad decision. Not wearing a seatbelt is a bad decision. Dangerously driving any kind of vehicle, speeding is a bad decision. Getting in a physical fight without any provocation is a bad decision. Cheating on your taxes or breaking the law or any other kind of way is a bad decision. Taking on a huge debt just to enjoy a lavish lifestyle is a bad decision. Traveling to a country of war zone or a country with dangerous diseases is a bad decision. Quitting your job without having a strategy of what you will do next is a bad decision. Cheating on a test or an exam is a bad decision. And countless others that are not fit to be mentioned even are bad decisions. And the problem with these bad decisions are each of us know it's a bad decision when we see someone else doing it. We think to ourselves, why would they do something like that? But... How many of us are guilty also of making bad decisions? We might rationalize it to ourselves. We know nothing good comes from making a bad decision, what we call sin. We know nothing good comes from sin, but we still sin. We still make bad decisions. And so what happens when we do that? What happens when we sin, we make a bad decision? And that's ultimately what bad decisions are. They are sinful choices. Today we're looking at a passage of Scripture that I hope will give us, and I know will give us some insight. We're in Genesis 28 today, which was yesterday's reading, starting in verse 10. I'm going to read 10 through 17. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he came to a certain place... And stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed. And behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, And the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. 
And you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Father in heaven, we do thank you for your word that you've given us. And Lord, as we settle in to hear from your word today, Lord, I pray that my words reflect your heart, that you fill me with your spirit in preaching, and that today, Lord, that we hear from you, Father, about our decision-making, what happens, where you are in that, and how we can keep our eyes fixed on you, Lord, in our lives in the future. Lord, we thank you for this, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to give today three truths of bad, sinful decision-making. Three truths of bad decision-making. First, bad decisions will have consequences. They will. Bad decisions will have uh, consequences. Jacob had a twin brother named Esau. And when they were in the womb with Esau, he, he wrestled for position. And he was born grabbing his brother's heel. And when his mother, Rebecca, was pregnant, she could feel the wrestling, the jostling for position in her womb. And she asked God, what is happening to me? And God told her that there were two nations within her and that they would become divided. One would be stronger than the other. The, other, the older would serve the younger. Esau, the older, he became a, an avid hunter. He loved to be outdoors. He would fit right, right in here in Berkeley County. He, he loved to be outdoors hunting and, 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 and fishing and things like that. And Jacob, though, was more content to stay at home. And the Bible says he was content to stay at home in the tents. He was kind of more the, the, the homebody uh, guy, introverted guy, and, uh, and Esau was the, was the, uh, was the uh, we would call the manly one, right? Out doing manly things. And Esau, being a, a hunter and a good hunter, was his father's favorite. And Isaac loved the wild game that Esau brought home. I can imagine what that would be like. Oh, look at that Esau, isn't that great, wonderful? And he'd over look at Jacob, and Jacob's over there sitting by his mother, right? Esau comes home and has this wild game, and Isaac's you know, proud of one and not proud of the other. And we know that because the Bible tells us this. Esau was favored by Isaac, and Jacob was favored by his mom. Now, this favoritism went on down to the next part of the family as Jacob favored his son Joseph. And many of you know that story. And it was Jacob's favoritism of Joseph that caused resentment in his life and caused all sorts of bad things to happen to Joseph. He almost died. And so when Isaac was old, Jacob's father was old, and his eyesight had started dimming, he, he, he was thought to be near to death, even though he, he were to live another 20 years, but they thought he was near to death. So he started making arrangements to pass his blessing on to Esau, his firstborn son. Well, on hearing this, Rebecca devised a plan to deceive her husband and, and to give the blessing to Jacob 
instead. And so Jacob received his father's blessing. In short, he, he dressed up like Esau, and Isaac was confused. Well, Esau vowed that he would kill Jacob for this. As soon as the, his father had died, the morning period of mourning was over, he would kill him. Rebekah became aware of Esau's plan. She warned Jacob. Rebekah told Isaac that Jacob should go find himself a wife from his, his, his ancestral people. And so Isaac also sent Jacob away from the family to go find a wife, which is where we pick up in verse 1 today. Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and directed him and said, You must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. Go to Paddan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and, and take as your wife from there one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you and that you may become a company of peoples. May he give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you that you may take possession of the land of your sojournings that God gave to Abraham. Thus Isaac sent Jacob away. And he went into Paddan Aram to Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Araman, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob and Esau's mother. So, in short, Jacob got what he wanted. He got the blessing. He got the birthright from Esau. He got his father's blessing. But he also experienced the consequence of his deception, the consequence of his decision, the wrath of of his brother, the fear that his brother would take his form of justice. And now another consequence, exile from his home. Isaac sends him away uh, to where the family was from to find a wife. And, and really in God's grace, this was not as bad as it could be. He's still alive. He's just living in a different place. But his immoral decision of cheating his brother out of his his blessing, for his own blessing, for his own benefit, had consequences. As a child of God, you and I, we receive much grace in our lives. But any immoral decision we make has consequences. We might not see them right away, but they will be there. And so as we're going to see, though, that's not where they end. Number two, bad decisions can be redeemed. Bad decisions can be redeemed. Look at verse 10. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. You know, if we travel across country now, we go find a nice little motel, hotel with plumbing and everything. Jacob found the side of the road in a rock. Okay, that's, and again, he was not an outdoorsman. Right? It's been no problem for Esau. For Jacob, it probably was the most comfortable thing. So he lay down on a rock, and, and, and he dreamed. And behold, in his dream, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached up to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were, were coming down, ascending and descending on it. You've ever heard of, of Jacob's ladder the stairway to heaven. This is that passage right here. And verse 13 says, Behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac, the land on, on which you lie, I will give to you and your offspring. 
Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you, in your offspring, not Esau, but in you, Jacob, your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. My promise to Abraham will go to Isaac, and then it will go to Jacob, not Esau. For no reason other than that is God's will. Jacob certainly didn't earn it. God just chose to give it to him. Verse 15, Behold, I am with you and will keep you forever wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. So even though Jacob had been exiled, God still blesses him. Jacob, a child of the promise, the grandson of Abraham, God promised Abraham would make him a great nation that his descendants wouldn't be so many that they couldn't be counted. And Jacob, even though being that deceiving boy that he was, which is pretty much what his name meant, God blessed him. God still redeems the situation. Verse 16, then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. He was afraid, and he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This, where I'm standing, is the gate of heaven because it opened up right here, and he saw God. God's blessing and grace led Jacob to worship him. Well, there's a story of a little boy that built his own little boat, attached a string to it, and he walked down to the water in the river, and he let the boat out. And held the string and just watched it kind of go down the, the river with the little string on it. And uh, just sat there and admired the little boat he'd built. Well, a strong current came, ripped the boat out of his hand. The string uh, took out of his hand and it went all the way downstream. And the little boy was all upset. So he ran all the way downstream as fast as he could. But the, little, the boat just went all the way out of sight. All afternoon he looked for his little boat, couldn't find it. Finally it was dark. Couldn't look any longer. A little boy went home. This was years ago in a small town. And a few days later, on the way home from school, he stopped by the little general store in town. And he saw his boat in the window. <laughs> and he went in and, and he walked to the manager and said, Sir, that, that's my boat in the window. I made that boat. And he said, Well, I don't know if you made it or not, but uh, it's mine. And so you can buy it for a dollar. So he went back home and he counted up his money and he had a dollar. So he came back to the general store, and he gave that clerk the, the dollar, and he gave him his boat, and he was so excited, and he hugged the boat, and he said, now you are twice mine. First, I made you, and second, I bought you. God made us. We've sinned. He's redeemed us. He's bought us through the blood of Christ. He's bought us back. It seems silly to have to buy something you made, but when sin gets involved, that's what happens. Jacob was created by God, sinned. God redeemed him, bought him back. See, if, uh, one pastor said this, if you're a child of God, you don't lose your status if you have a bad week. <laughs> it's not wiped out. You're redeemed. Jesus' blood on the cross has redeemed you. From your sins. Amen? It's the good news of the gospel. Sometimes we might feel like we don't deserve it. And we feel like we don't deserve it because we don't deserve it. 
That's what grace is. Nothing we did, all what God did. Jacob didn't lose his status of being a child of the promise because of his bad decision. He faced the consequences of it, yet he was still a child of the promise, and the same is with me and you. No matter how immoral decision we've made, no matter how bad a sin we've committed, if you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, always be a child of God. It's the difference between Christianity and every other religion. Now, we sh- the Bible says we don't make a practice of sinning, but we will still sin. We still will make bad decisions because of the flesh in us. And even if, you, after, even if someone is after you for your sin that you've done, even if you've been exiled from your family because of sin in your life, God can redeem your situation because you are a child of God. He has plans for you. Bad decisions can be redeemed Because God is in the business of working things out, not only for your good, but for his glory. So bad decisions can be redeemed. And number three, bad decisions can cause renewal. Bad decisions can cause renewal. Look at verse 18. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head. Remember, that was his pillow. And set it up for a pillar, poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of the city was Luz at the first. So Jacob sees that God's going to bless him despite him being an exile and an outcast. So what does he do? He worships God. He worships God. He makes a decision to act in accordance with the will of God. There's a renewal in his life. Even though he sinned, when he sees the grace of God, experiences the blessing of God despite his sin, he worships the Lord, which should be our response when we see how God deals with us. We should worship him. Verse 20, and he made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, talking about his earthly father, if he'll, if he'll protect me and, and then I can go back home in peace, which he ends up doing, by the way. Esau forgives him. He says, this stone, verse 22, which I have set up for a pillar, this stone shall be God's house and all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to the Lord. He simply asks God for two things. He says, I need food and shelter, because right now all he has is a stone. <laughs> and I need family reconciliation. That's his, that's his wish. That's all he asks of God. And his response, his vow that he makes is, I will give God 10% of everything he blesses him with. Bad decisions and the consequences of those decisions can still spark a time of renewal in your life. It can still spark a time of renewal as we see how God is still with us. Well, if you have a, a smartphone or, a, or an electronic device, you've probably found yourself stuck on it before. Can't figure out how something works, a new update, something like that. Multiple studies have shown that the biggest time wasters in the workplace are computer-related malfunctions. Amen? Probably know that. 
One study found that the average person spends between 22 and 25 minutes a day on some computer or phone malfunction related issue. 22 to 25 minutes a day we waste on trying to fix one of our devices or something. The estimated cost to larger companies in the United States are somewhere between $4,000 a minute, $4,000 a minute on IT help. And our internet went out yesterday for about five minutes and I was really worried <laughs> because all the children, and I heard at the same time I hear within 10 seconds from all my kids, the internet's down. Oh no, we'll be okay, right? So I, got, I brought out my phone and I went to Home Telecom's website and tried to find the number. By the time I found the number, the internet was already working. So I guess they probably already had a bunch of phone calls anyway. Uh, but it worked. Uh, but but the, an easy solution, and you know this, and people have told this, and IT will tell you this, the easiest solution when your phone doesn't work or when your computer doesn't work is to turn it off, to reboot it. It really almost fixes everything. That's what they're going to tell you to do. Turn it off and turn it back on. Over half of all technical issues can be fixed with simply a re reboot. Amazing. The reason that computers fail is they have uh, systems processes that are continually running behind the scenes. This RAM that's running, it's in our phones as well. And when you turn it off, that it just kind of reboots it and comes back up with a clean slate faster and more efficient. So all we got to do is just turn the phone off and turn it back on. We need a reboot. When we make a bad decision, sometimes you know what we need to do? We just need to do a reboot. Now, we can't turn ourselves off, but we can look at our lives. We can see what do we need to change, you know. Fixing a symptom may not be the problem. Is there a heart issue? Is there something else that we just have to say, you know what, I'm starting over. We're going to do a reboot. That is a time of renewal. And we see this in Jacob's life. He's been outcast. He finds himself asleep on a rock. God reveals himself to him, says he's going to bless him. And Jacob just has a complete spiritual reboot. Lord, I'm going to give you a tenth of all I own. He left downcast. God spoke into his life, reminded him that he was with him. And he responded by renewing his vow to God. Is God calling you to make a certain decision today what has he rescued you out of recently how has he blessed you recently how can you display to him that because of what he has done for you what can you now do for him what vow can you make maybe you've never been baptized maybe you've been a believer for many years but you've never taken the step of obedience to be baptized that is a great way of showing to the world that you're renewing your life. Maybe it's joining the church. Maybe you've never joined the church. Maybe you can say, Lord, I, I'm going I'm to officially put my name in this body of believers. Maybe it's like Jacob and you're saying, you know, I'm going to give, I'm going I'm, I'm to commit to give financially. Never given before, never given what I should give. Today, because of what you've done, Lord, I, I'm going to give to you today. Whatever it is, today can be a time 
of renewal for you. Today can be a reboot for you spiritually if you need it. And an opportunity for you to show God appreciation for his goodness in your life. And the grace that he gives you despite the decisions that you and I still make in our lives. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for what you've given us in Christ Jesus. As we close our time together today, Lord, we, we ask that you would search our hearts in this response time, and we ask that you would show us what we can commit to you today. Lord, maybe for some of us it is a chance to commit to pray for a person that needs to know you, that they would be our one that we pray for. Put those names on our heart, Lord. Who, who could that be that we could pray for? And then as we pray for them, Lord, we would see how you would give avenues for us to, to, to share a lunch with them or share a meeting with them and, and, and be able to, to serve them in some way, Lord, and, and to be able to share Christ with them in some way. And, Lord, wouldn't it be amazing if months down the road or, or even years or even maybe even weeks that they, they, they turn their faith to you, Lord, just because we made the, the, the little decision to pray for them. Maybe that's what you're calling us to do, Lord. During this commitment time, Father, I pray that you would show each and every one of us what is it that we need to renew to you, Lord. How can we reboot our, reboot our lives so that we run smoother and efficient and better than before? Lord, we love you. We ask these things in your name. Amen.